like a point of contention with me and absolutely Dennis. and and josh well no it, I, it's I've constantly a i have never said that nimmo is a bad player i just i i've never heard anyone mention brennan nimmo as much as uh phil has but it's always a combo of him and, and harper that's the the mm -hmm. best part mm -hmm. we won't bring up we, we, harper the, has to, we, it's always you have to bring up both gotta bring up the bryce harper absolutely. comp on that one too mm -hmm. currently batting 220 this season excellent job he doesn't have enough protection in the lineup. That's the yeah. Issue it's it's because right, the, if the Phillies lineup. actually had bets, they maybe so, be good. So what I was saying to Dennis because we are recording at this point. Yeah. Right? Welcome to the Grounds Crew Podcast. I'm Bill Rum, your host. Make sure you like, subscribe, follow, and I'm with my co-host Josh Gerson. Hello, uh, guys. I walk in today. We're getting ready. The prep for this show is the best prep I think that I've ever seen. Uh, I'm super excited to get started in the show. Uh, everyone's had their caffeine, right? Uh, yeah, we're all jacked. Curly, caffeine. I'm almost done. Dennis is loaded. I've had half a carafe, and now I'm I'm into a excellent a, a nitro cold brew. So the energy is 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 full for our gigantic show today. So strap in, strap in. Good luck kicking it off. Yes, Otani watch 2022. Oh, yeah. Woo! Uh, so had a perfect game going until the sixth inning. Sure did. Uh, lets up a, a little a little single, but still struck out twelve. Sure did. Uh, and With up until walk. that point, in the five innings, he had struck out ten. And he didn't really – he was super efficient. Oh, super, gross. Super efficient. Gross. Uh, he Again, he, he continues to be the, 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 the guy. Mm -hmm. The guy. It's He's so valuable as a player. I don't know how anybody else can even be in the conversation for MVP because what did he do with the bat? He's been uh, – since his first few games of struggling – uh, and he his little CPR endeavor on, mm -hmm. in the dugout. He's hit three home runs in like three or four days, so he's locked in. Um, and then on, obviously on the flip side, uh, his pitching has been phenomenal. And we said that at the end of last season that he really kind of figured out his stuff. And then last night, he I, I would say it was probably the best I've ever seen him pitch. Yeah, it, it was gross. It was it was ridiculous. Everything his splitter slider, I mean, unhittable. Um, and then. To the point where uh, Nico Goodrum on the Astros tried to lay down a bunt single to break it all up, and then even the home fans uh, of the Astros were ripping into him like, "Stop it!" Shohei Otani has a perfect game. What are right you now. doing? Just hated it. Um, and then also a fun stat: so uh, the the Angels were piling it on yesterday. Shohei Otani is the first pitcher since 1900 to hit twice before throwing a pitch. And and that's that's the craziest. Now, the, what I need clarification on this: the first person to get two hits. Or we're to have two at, at bats. bats. Two at bats. Okay, so like that—that's what I wanted yes. to clarify. Yep. I was like, did he have two hits? Like, how much did they smack? Like, yep. Okay, he batted leadoff yesterday too, right? Exactly, which which makes sense as to why that's obviously never happened before. Like, I would say the last seventy-five years, the pitcher batted last. Who's your absolute monster uh, uh, player that can bat leadoff and is your best power hitter and is your best pitcher? Only one man, Shohei Otani. Yeah. Yeah, he he's a stud. He's a stud. I, I, I think um, it's Otani, and then we can have a conversation about who would be the MVP. I think that's the new conversation. Who would like, be the other MVP? Who, who's the next guy? MVPA. And I, we'll, we'll get down, because I think we got later in the show notes, mm -hmm. we have some people who are hot. Yeah. We can have some conversations about Absolutely. who's doing what. But uh, And on the on the uh, Angels. Yes, sir. Poor poor Mike Trout with the injury bug. Uh, Mike, Mike Trout, at this point in time, like he not worth it. You got to show up, man. I know it's early. I know and, it's and like, early. And listen, this time it wasn't. It was an uncontrollable thing. He got hit by a pitch. But at some point, it's like, okay, well, it's it's just 
you just always run into this. It, like, no one is shocked that he's already missed three games. And yep. it's, I, I hate that it's a thing, but it doesn't matter because Shohei Otani figured it out in, in Trout's absence and hit a bunch of bombs and struck out the world. And he's a beast. And we're back We're back on to the Otani MVP watch. So. We're, we're, we're Cause deep you know, on that. You know what? It was. I thought it was so interesting how people will flip the script on Otani. Like, Three bad games, like oh no, oh, no, definitely it, it, was, it was overloaded. Could, it was overloaded. Could, we knew it. It's could never gonna be a again. thing again. Yeah. Uh, surprisingly, to maybe not people on this show, not named Josh Gerson, uh, Noah Syndergaard is the best pitcher right now. I think in the in the American League. I'll pull up his numbers. Uh, he's, he's I got not, his numbers he, right now. I got his numbers right now. He's, he's not got striking a, out many a one five nine ERA in his first two starts pretty darn good uh like he, even his fip is under a three era so he might have been he might be a little lucky right now but he's not that lucky he's mm. been great and he's two and oh and if he's that guy for them and and they have legit pitching angels are going to be a solid team they're going to be close the biggest question just comes back is is mike trout's ass going to be in the lineup enough to to win games for them mm-hmm. i think just kind of seeing how that this season has started, I, I I know we talked about it a little bit in our prediction show, but I do think the AL West is going to be super evenly matched. I was curious on how the Astros were going to be, and I don't I do think them not having Correa is a big deal. Yep. Um, and, and I'm seeing it now just just in the few, first few like 12, 13 games right now. It's super evenly matched, and the, I think the Angels could easily pull away if they figure it all out and keep everybody healthy. Um, so it's going to be interesting to watch them and the entire AL West. Dennis Dietz, you put onto this sheet uh, some interesting facts from the Japanese Baseball League, and I want you to bring them to to the people. All right, so an, an actual smart person would have looked up how to pronounce this dude's name, but Roki Sasaki, uh, he had, he's 20 years old. First two starts of the season, he had a perfect game with 19 strikeouts in his first game. The second game, he had eight perfect innings and 14 strikeouts, but it was removed for the ninth inning because of, you know, the pitch count and all that stuff sure so 17 straight innings perfect to start mm-hmm. off the season just incredible he's 20 years old so he's going to be a guy that i think comes over here in the next couple of years and mm-hmm. just is going to be one of the more uh desired japanese pitchers to come over since maybe like daisuke yeah. so in those 17 consecutive perfect innings he has 33 strikeouts correct like whole yeah. My God. His stuff is ridiculous. Um, Real good. And and at, at 20, like, yeah, this year's going to go by, and I think he'll he'll be definitely be there. Next year is going to be, like, the tour where, like, he's now known internationally that he's a, an absolute monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're going to be like, all right, you know, we're not posting him. And he's going to go, and he's going to just delete that league. Mm-hmm. And then he's gonna. The, then he'll come. So I don't think this off season will be the. Where does he go? No, it's usually they need a couple seasons of like really good success before they can make the leap to the bigs. Um, but yeah, I, I could see that being the case. Yeah, and and then he'll be a Met. <laughs> uh, um, because because I it's just what's gonna happen. Yeah. Unless he's like I don't want to be in a big market, which. And then he goes to the Angels. And then he goes to yeah, the Angels. I guess. Uh, now, Dietz, were you chirping me for not being able to say Roki Sasaki? Was no, that, that was, was that was me not knowing exactly. Oh, how so to you googled it? it. Okay, he yeah. wanted to make sure. He gotcha. was like, "I don't know if I'm saying this right because I don't want to butcher his name." Yeah, but we're gonna that's go Roki, Roki Sasaki. That's yeah, fair, that's fair enough. Um, 
sticking we're, we're sticking gonna, with guys who throw 100 miles an hour yeah. and are young studs yeah who can also hit on both sides hunter green <laughs> uh our our rookie of the year candidate heck yeah uh, immediately comes out, sets the record for most 100-mile-an-hour pitches in a single game, mm-hmm. beating out uh, future Hall of Famer uh, 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 Jacob deGrom. Yeah. With 37, I believe, was the original. 36 or 37, yeah. yeah. And, then and it was did. done, like, last year. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, Hunter Green's an absolute monster. Super happy to see him mm-hmm. pitching and doing great. Yep. Uh, Hunter's, Hunter's going to be legit. Yeah, yeah. It's It was definitely uh, – and listen, I – I, I think he still has a little bit of ways to go in terms of command and some different things. He gave up a couple of runs, only had six Ks, even though he threw 40 of his, call it 100 pitches, 100 miles an hour. Yep. Um, but he looks really solid for just, just getting going. Yep. Um, and I'm, I'm excited to see the rest of his season because I, I think once he really starts dialing in, yeah, he's going to be unhittable, which is kind of why I get the Reds being semi-comfortable with a little bit of a rebuild because building around Hunter Green is is, is a good person to start with. Um, and Jonathan India. And like, Jonathan India, facts. He, he's a, he was, was he rookie of the year last year? Was, right? I, I believe yeah. so. Yep. So they got a, a nice little core there. Obviously, Joey Votto is you know, there for however much longer he is. But, um, yeah, I know the, the Reds aren't too good right now, but they have uh, some good pieces to start with. Uh, Miggy? Is one hit away from three thousand guys. Oh no! And it was funny, Dennis. Miggy's been around so long. I think we kind of Dennis thought that I, Miggy I hit thought 3, Miggy 000. hit it like ten years ago. Like yeah, <laughs> <laughs> three thousand hits is a lot. It is a, a ton. Um, but I still love his mentality. He was asked about it because he's one hit away, right? He was asked about it, and he said, and "This is a real quote: Who cares? Who the fuck cares? We lost. When has this game ever been about individual accomplishments?" And I love that. I love that sentiment. I'm sure he'll be psyched probably today when he hits 3,000. Um, but I, I, I don't think he, that that competitor in him has ever gone away. I think the same could be said when uh, Adrian Belcher hit 3,000. Like th- those guys who who make it that far in the league always have that little bit of an edge, and I, and I'm, and I'm, I'm hyped for him because I've loved watching Miggy his entire career. Well, you're also you're when you're that level of greatness and you're about mm-hmm. to achieve something that's like a, a one of those few things that only a couple guys will ever achieve. Yep. You really, at that point in time, you have a lot of records, right? right? You're like the all-time. won the triple crown. You're, you know? you're, you're the all-time guy who's done this. You're the all-time guy who's done that. You've mm-hmm. been on these teams. Like, at that point in time, you have so many personal accolades. It's like, yeah, this one is a post-career one. Mm-hmm. But, like, guys, like, we didn't win. I know it's a counting stat, but in the thing that matters to me right now, it doesn't matter at all. Right. Right? I have, I have you know, 18 hits on the season. Like, that's the only number that matters at this point in time. Like, it's just not there. And he's right. And I think we all just need shit to talk about sometimes. Sure. And it's like, oh, let's talk about his thing. I- I'm happy to see somebody like that because it is rare now where it's like, guys, this is too early in the season to be talking about some stuff that doesn't matter. But Miggy's a goat. Yeah. I-, I And, again, we talk about I think I think uh, Vladdy is Miggy reincarnated mm-hmm. for hi- himself. Like, I think he's a guy who's going to end up getting a ton of hits. Oh, leading 100%. the league in a whole bunch of different stuff yep. and just being a unit. I could, I could see a very real world where he, his career is better than his dad's. Ooh, like so. Somebody put up a post the other day, and again, I, I don't, I don't know uh, what it, what it exactly was, mm-hmm. um, but it was like Vlad Senior versus Vlad Junior and their numbers against each other, mm-hmm. um, and it was like an infographic that they pulled up, and I'm pulling up another one right now. 
Uh, Vlad Sr., after 33 games in their third season, uh, Vladdy Jr., 310 batting average, Vlad Sr., 307. Home runs, Vlad Jr., 7, Vlad Sr., 7. RBIs, Vlad Jr., 23, Vlad Sr., 18. On base percentage, Vlad Jr., 447, Vlad Sr., 350. OPS, Vlad Jr., 995, Vlad Sr., 886. Like, yeah. And Vlad Jr. is, I think I think people have forgotten because of the generation gap, like how good Vlad Sr. really was. Mm-hmm. And there was a moment in time where, like, it was a joke about Vlad Sr. that if you threw a pitch like 12 inches out of the zone but low, he was going to golf it for a home run. Yep, he had and a he home was, run with the ball bouncing the dirt. He was the best bad ball hitter I've ever seen. Uh, his his ability to put bat on ball was insane. This is Steph Curry all over again. So, like, Steph Curry's dad was a great NBA player, mm-hmm. all-star, really, really solid, but not a Hall of Fame-level player, mm-hmm. right? And then you have, like, all of the experience and being around it and being in the game and getting the right training and having the right everything – and you go from your 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 dad being really solid to you changing and transcending the game. Mm-hmm. Man, Vlad Vlad Jr. has that shot. Yep. Uh, it's like Prince Fielder. Only I think Prince had a whole bunch of issues physically mm-hmm. that sapped him from being who he was. Yeah. Which, uh, which I don't think Vladdy will have because mm-hmm. Vladdy's even starting to look. You guys seen him recently? He he as He's big as down. as yes. big as he is, his gut smaller. Yes, no, he's... And you could see the difference between his upper body. Like, his dad was a unit. Mm-hmm. And then you start seeing him lately and stuff, and he just... He looks just like an absolute tank. He's getting rid of the baby weight. Yes. <laughs> yes. Exactly. And he's starting to man up. And yep. if that's the case, he can be scary good. Yeah, no, he's, he's a freak. And I, I almost want him and Otani to be in separate leagues so that they're not always one-upping each other for MVP. Because I think that that's who my mind automatically goes to. Dennis, sorry about Bobachet. Uh, yeah, that was a bad take. Uh, <laughs> I loved it, but Vlad is just so good. Every time he steps to the plate, it's like he's so good. I just I have to watch his abs, and he he's so competitive in the in all of his at bats. Like you just you just can't beat him easily. He, he's such a good hitter. Yep, such that's a good it. Hitter. That's it. Uh, speaking of really good hitters. Freddie Freeman, now on the Dodgers, faced off against the Braves this week for the yep. first time with uh, Kenley Jansen going from the Dodgers to the Braves. A little swap there. A um, lot of good moments there of, of their their kind of returns with their teams and stuff. Um, Freddie Freeman went yabo, I think twice, actually. Twice, series. back-to-back yeah. games. Back-to-back games, he hit home runs. Yep. He hit his first and his second home runs in those games. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to be feeling a little spicy, right? For sure, like especially after the thing with the Cunha last week. Yep. The little the chirps and the, and yep. the this and that. Uh, with Acuna also coming back in the next few weeks, he's doing his rehab stint right now. Um, already mashing. Um, he's one for six. I wouldn't call that mashing. Okay, fine. But he's he had a double his first AB and looked real solid. So whatever. Uh, it's baseball. Um, I think I think Freddie felt a way, especially with uh, Matt Olson starting off the season really really well, and like people being like, oh, we replaced him with a way better player. And it's like now their numbers are relatively comparable. Mm-hmm. Matt Olson still had a better start, um, but not by much. Uh, 
Freddie doing that, I think, is is big. But the Dodgers, and I, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see that in our notes, and I know we're going to get to it in a little bit. But the the Dodgers lost their opening series. Yeah, mm-hmm. they went zero and three. Uh, one and two. I think they 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 got swept. I don't believe so. I will look it up though. Uh, but since then they are just railing off victories. Their last time they're eight and two, yeah. And like, they're just running through it, and they look scary. They look scary good. The lineup is just scary good, and I love watching them beat up on the Braves, because we keep pushing the Braves back into the back into the doldrums of the division. Yep. Keep going. They got to be happy that the Mets have been handling until last night, handling San Francisco. Yes. Um, Sorry, one one little little bump, and that's that's kind of what I see from the Mets is there's a lot of consistency, a little bump, a little more consistency yep. at least so far. So that's good. But we're not going to get into the Mets yet. Can't happen. We have so much more to cover before we can dive so down much that more. rabbit hole. So much more. Um, but yes, I agree. Uh, I'd love to see teams crush the Braves because. We just need to keep them as far away from us as possible. The Dodgers won their first game and then lost the next two in their opening series. So that's what it was. Gotcha. So I, I remember they play? the Colorado Rockies. Rockies. That's what it was. Yeah. And that's what and we're that, also filthy. And the Rockies got <laughs> off to that good that good start. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, since then the Dodgers are just tearing it up. Yep. Tearing it up. Um, staying in California for a second because this is this is an interesting that's thing. A great segue. We've gotten you. so good. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Oakland Athletics. We know their stadium's garbage. It is what it is. They need a new one. We know their owner's garbage. Also that. Uh, if you haven't seen Moneyball, go watch it. Um, on Tuesday, they had 3,700 people show up to their game. On Wednesday, they had 2,700 people show up to their game. Um, fun fact for you, their AAA team had 5,000 people show up <laughs> to their game in Vegas, which is an interesting thing because there was conversation about the A's moving to Vegas. Um, they're not actually that bad of a team. And I feel bad that they're they're not getting the attendance that they deserve. But I also understand on the flip side why people don't want to show up to the games. Well, this is this is this the Cincinnati Red Zoner eating his own words. Keep doing it like this, mm-hmm. and you're gonna end up being the Athletics. Go ahead and move. Oh, you want us to move, dude? You might end up moving anyway, right? Sounds like that's what you want. So you know what we're gonna do until then. You have leases you can't break. We know when your lease is. Guess what? For the next 10 years or however long you are, you, you're you stuck where you are, we stop coming to your fucking games. Mm-hmm. And what's going to happen? You're going to get absolutely crushed. The athletics can't be making money right now. No, impossible. Can't be making impossible. money right now. Because you have to open up. Hot dogs are getting put on grills. And guess what? They're not getting eaten. Yep. Like beers are, be- are, are, are going bad. Soda is getting de- deleted. Mm-hmm. Like popcorn is going stale. They're, like all of the things that you want. That's you, an empty state. Like there's nobody empty. there. That's so empty. Yeah. It's it's it's. I went to it's a, scary because who knows? Like is that like actually who walked through? That's probably tickets purchased. No, that's got to be people who walked. Well, actually, in. yeah, they, like it's, it's got to be what walked, walked in. in. Yeah, yeah. It's got to be what walked in, which means that probably a few more people actually bought tickets. Sure. Because season Call ticket five thousand season ticket owners still exist. Right. So they're paying for that game whether they go or they don't. But concessions, jersey sales, that's what you're making your profit on. Gone. Terrible. So I, I was just curious. I looked up the Long Island Ducks attendance this year, and their average was 5,100. And that's in an independent league. Mm-hmm. And you're a professional. And this, guess what? This is exactly what we need. 
sell the athletics. Forget moving to Vegas, sell the athletics. Because you know yeah. what? You know what Las Vegas, if I'm if I run Vegas and they're like, we want to move there, we want tax concessions and we want everything else, I go, cool, we need a guarantee that you're gonna spend 150 to 200 million dollars a year. Well, no, we fine. Kick rocks, enjoy Oakland. Right? Like I, we're not gonna we don't want a busted ass franchise. Yeah, and that's and a, you're a busted ass owner. That's becoming a uh, competitive market already in sports. The Golden Knights, they spend to the cap. They spend over the cap already. Mm-hmm. The Raiders just spent how much money on Devontae Adams and yep. Derek Carr. Like that's, Vegas wants to have sports teams succeed. you got to win. Mm-hmm. you got to win. And if you're not going to win, stay where you are. Nobody wants a loser franchise. Yeah. The reason why the Rams were able to move to L.A. is because the Rams were good. Right. Like they were in a position where they were, one, making money – Two, the talent on the field represented greatness. They had been to the Super Bowl. The Rams have been in the Super Bowl, what, twice in the last five years? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, they've won one, they lost one, but they've been in the Super Bowl twice in the last five years. Once undeservingly, but whatever. No, they deserved Settled it. They, beat a better, they, they were a better team. It's the outcome of the game. It is what it is. Um, <laughs> and you're in a, Let it go. <laughs> and you're in a situation You're in a situation where look, who would want the athletics with like their current ownership? No, no, nobody, yeah, right? No. No, they're not going to come in there and be like, cool, we're going to make this awesome. Who are you bringing? You guys have The Raiders came in and built a $5 billion crazy spaceship stadium. Yep. And they also brought in a team, and they're like, we're going to spend and try to win. And the Raiders had a rabid fan base. They had enough of it. The owner wants to win on the field, was willing to do it, had a a superstar coach at the time. Mm -hmm. They were investing at every layer of that organization when it got there. The Athletics have done nothing to prove that they are a desirable franchise. No. Nope. You could change the name, which I would actually tell you if if the city of Oakland might not let the name go. Like, the Oakland Athletics might not be able to move. I could see that. As this, a, might as be a thing. this might be an Expos thing. This might be a Houston Oilers thing. Like, when, when Houston Oilers moved to Tennessee, they had to change their name to the Tennessee Titans. Okay, off the top of your head, the A's moved to Vegas. What do you name the team? Uh, uh, I mean, I can't, it can't be the name I would I would choose because I have recency bias. Okay, and I, I don't know if we even have that on our notes today, but it was in my notes. So let me check and see if there's notes. Well, real quick, do you think the MLB would allow them to have a gambling reference as the name? Because I know that was a thing with the no. NHL; they weren't allowing Vegas to have it. No, like what? Like so, Vegas, one of the like the Vegas Aces or something. Yeah, so, something along the lines of like any kind of gambling of cards. I think. Games I mean, I like I actually like that as a, the Vegas Aces. That'd be dope. So the the Vegas Aces, I actually think that they would do. Um, I think that's like clean enough, and there, there's ways to manipulate that so it looks good. And what I would have wanted to do was the Vegas Stars. But they can't do that because that's going to be the new expansion team in the MLB that's coming in the next two years. In Nashville. In Nashville, which yep. is not in our notes. Yes, but, but I was, guys, as we were having this conversation, I was guys, thinking about that. I didn't yes. know that was a thing. So yes. the Nashville, and they're, they're offering $2 billion to start the Nashville Stars expansion team. Now, what we've historically seen is it is rare for only one team to get added. Correct. When there's a situation that there's going to be one, there is the opportunity that there is going to be two. What other city could do it? Because then if Oakland can't move, could you see a world where a brand new team is put in Vegas? Certainly Because I freaking could. And that's something that I think is is 
a, a mega possibility. You know what's an interesting thing as well? Hit me. If they were going to do that, they could use the Raiders stadium because the football field comes out of the stadium. Yes, it does. It can be rolled out of there. So you pop yes, the baseball field underneath it, we're in business. Yes, Stadium's it does. already there. And I don't think, because it's artificial turf, I think they actually could line it. I'm sure they could do like a whole bunch of different things, but I don't think they want to deal with how for, the Raiders sure. used to be. For sure. Um, uh, but very, very intriguing. Mm. And there's enough land in Vegas to just make a course, make yeah. a baseball field. Yep. Right? Like, And you, you could get that done, and that would be a big attraction. And guess what? That's more sports more of the time in Vegas, and it brings a bigger and bigger lead. There's gonna there's not long before every sports team that exists is in Vegas. There, uh, NBA's next. There will sure. be an NBA team there because well, they're they're at, they're trying to bring back Seattle, right? Well, so Seattle Seattle SuperSonics I think are coming back. Okay. The Seattle team basketball is coming. Right. Uh, that is to me a stone cold lead pipe lock. It always comes who is the match. Right, well, that's so what I'm saying. They the, go Seattle, the Nashville stars trying to happen and having a legitimate two billion dollar offer out there. There's a couple of things with that. If that team is going to start, <clears throat> who does that bring back in as a potential ownership person? Well, from what I'm hearing, it's going to be a minority-owned team, mm-hmm. which I think is fantastic. Amazing. He'd be the first black owner for yep. sure. Who is it? I forget his name. It, I do too. Um, Stewart, I think. Okay. Well, we're Dave Stewart. Yep. Yep. Former MLB All-Star and D-backs GM Dave Stewart. He's recruiting investors and launched a diversity effort for a minority-led franchise. And that's awesome. I could see A-Rod getting another Ooh, situation where, yep. he, hey, we're going to do an expansion team. Mm-hmm. Now, what the, the downside that teams have said is that baseball doesn't have enough talent and that there's too many teams. Well, Mark Vantos can't even make the MLB right now. Don't don't you don't you don't you try to yeah incite. like I I disagree with that. Don't you try to incite. y'all just go pick three people from everybody's AAA team. But my 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 point to you is if that were true, if it were true that there's enough talent, there'd be other te- more teams would be good. Yeah, right. We have yeah. a situation where the Orioles are bad. Right, we have a situation where the D backs are bad. Yeah, because they don't they don't want to bring a team in and they'd be garbage. They, they want then, the Vegas situation where they go to the World Series the first year. So the, <laughs> the reason why I the the thing to me that I think is more intriguing, and the MLB and the MLB players and everybody should be much more considering, is allowing relegation to be a thing. The reason why teams can only be thirty deep is because there's not relegation. If you made a situation where relegation was a thing and you expanded the teams and the organizations, the athletics would be getting kicked to the curb. The Orioles would be kicked to the curb. The D-backs would be kicked to the curb. Guess what? They now all get to play in the relegated league. And now that we get to see who's the best of the worst. Mm -hmm. And the games would be more competitive. You'd have a reason to bring up your young guys. Veterans wouldn't want to sign with you. So now what, what do we naturally have? We have a, the places where young players go, and they have to be played. And relegation would open that up. Now what can you do? I can let there be 10 more teams in the league. I can have 40 teams in MLB, and I can have the bottom 12 be relegated. Who is, which league has the most right now? Teams? Yeah. NFL? NFL, like 32. 32. NHL also has 32. Okay. So like 32 is, is that. And I would tell you right now, the NFL could have more teams. Yeah. I don't think that it's a talent issue at the NFL level. So that's my point. Why is it a talent thing at the MLB level? Right? Is it there's just not game? enough guys good? Is it just I think it's more of a different game. 
To me, I think it's the consolidation of assets. Because like, a who's few a, teams. Who, who would you call the worst team in the NFL? The worst team in the NFL, the either the Jacksonville Jaguars or the New York Jets. Okay, sure. Uh, but the Jacksonville Jaguars could like go out and beat call it the Patriots, a pretty good for team, sure. They right? beat they beat the Bills. Great. Yeah. I don't like you. You watch the Orioles play. Let's call it the Blue Jays. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, they're probably going to lose. And like, there's, there's well, a but si- that's the thing. Nine times out of ten, the worst NFL team also loses. Okay, so that's actually the the wins are a bad example. The level of competition, uh, I would say the Jacksonville Jaguars, although they might be not as good as whatever yeah. team, they're at least closer. The Orioles versus the Blue Jays is a substantially different amount of talent. So I think what, and that's what I think is the difference. Yeah. The difference is, is, and I think the point you're trying to make, and I agree with is how long would it take the worst NFL team to go from worst to first? Mm-hmm. It would take substantially less time than it takes the worst MLB team to go from worst to first. Right. Because I feel like the Bengals were, like, not that good a couple of years ago, and then they were in the Super Bowl this year. For sure. Yeah. Right? And, like, the Jets. I, I my, my bold prediction for this upcoming season for the New York Jets mm-hmm. is I think they finished second in the division, which beats out the Dolphins and the Patriots. And people are like, that's nuts. Patriots have been in the playoffs last year. Dolphins were borderline playoff team multiple years in a row now. I think both of those teams are going to end up worse than the Jets if the Jets do a good job in the draft. But separate from that, so that that team is a team that's about to pick fourth in the draft, and they're going to me finish in the top half of the league, top fifteen teams. Mm-hmm. So if they're going to fit, or top sixteen teams, so if the Jets are going to go from one of the worst five to one of the top sixteen in one single offseason. Could you imagine in baseball that ever happening? Like, let's think about a reference point. What's the last bad team that went from bad to really good fast? Is it last year's Mariners team? Kind of. Uh, I feel like that it's been a it's been a, a couple years of them trying to put some pieces together. Right, but you could say a couple seasons. Right, like is is the the method but my point is what's the result and if i look at the result for them and i'm pulling up the their their records by year Mm -hmm. um last year they were 90 and 72 the year before they were 27 and 33 the year before that they were 68 and 94 so the seattle mariners are the team okay like the the seattle mariners are the model for going from worst to first so how did they do it they traded for jared kellenick they traded for Jesse Winker, Eugenio Suarez. They signed Robbie Ray. So they they got a lot of the young guys. They got a up. bunch of money off their books with Robbie Cano. They they got a lot of young guys out. Yep. On the field, Julio Rodriguez. Yeah. So they right. brought a bunch of young guys. And, Seattle and, wasn't even the biggest jump last year, though. It looks like the Red Sox were a bigger jump in how many wins they had uh, from the previous year. The Red yeah. Sox have done that though a few times where they finish terrible and well, then I'm, win the World I'm saying I think it's a, a I'm accounting animal. for 2019 as well though. The that, 2020 yeah, okay. season to me is the is the shiftiness. The Red Sox were in the World Series in 2017. Seattle like, yeah. Seattle was a non playoff team in 2019 and 2020, right? Mm-hmm. And and they were they were 30 games under 519. They were 27 and 33 in the 2020 shortened season. Then they went to 90 and 72. Like that team took steps forward to dramatically a 90 win season after being below 500. Is a pretty substantial jump sure is. in record, right? For for what the season is, and I'm sure there's other teams who did better. This goes back to my purpose of relegation: is you could let there be more teams who are good. 
because you will make it a situation where like let's let's put this in perspective and this is why i think relegation is actually so important for baseball long term and i really would push for it and you won the the team in nashville is saying that they will pay two billion dollars to be able to start their team so two billion dollars goes to all of the owners who are currently owners right that money gets dispersed Mm -hmm. to the ownerships to allow another owner to come into the league Imagine you did that 10 times. That's $20 billion into your pipeline. So for the owners who are poor... So that's not startup cost? That's just entry fee? That's just entry fee. And then what's what do you think the startup cost is to get a, a whole organization going? Probably still under a billion. Stadium included, everything? No, not stadium. Well, yeah, stadium included because you get subsidies from the oh, state. Oh, yeah, all right. So, so when from you the take the subsidy from a state... Maybe we're going to put $350 million in. Mm. Then it's the cost of players and coaches and things and right. facilities. The reality is is there's more independent leagues and former minor league teams that don't exist anymore, and the stadiums are sitting there doing nothing. They're becoming indie ball leagues. Right. My thing is take those old stadiums. Now you have teams who have two minor league teams as well, right. and now we have our development process. But, but if we have relegation, here's what I think is the really interesting part is – Who's a, who's a bad team right now? Who's a team that needs to be relegated? The Reds. Okay, so let's say the Cincinnati Reds. If we say that the Cincinnati Reds should be relegated right this mm-hmm. second, um, what the Reds could do if we had that is they could loan out their best players for money to the good teams. Would that make the good teams better? Sure would. Sure would. But would that bring in money for the Reds? What, what what would they pay? Or so you have to pay for loan. So so you're gonna pay not what only if you're the, gonna pay. What if those teams just had to pay for those players' contracts, so the the, the other team would just save the money? No, no. You, you'd pay for the because I'd put up a bid. I say, okay, who wants Hunter Green for the rest of this season? And the winning bid gets it and pays his salary. Okay. Right. right. So, the team, yep. so you have this bidding structure. Now I can make money off of my best players. So I have to put them up on loan. So I have to say, hey, I'm going to put Jonathan India up on loan. But so, so then, but what you you'd still get the the Steve Cohen situation of I can buy whoever I want. Great. But then they, there'd but have to be some type of cap or no, something. No, 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 no. So the loan ends, mm. and the player returns to the other team. I got you. So I can loan out. So hear me, hear me. Let me finish okay. this all the way to completion. I can loan out all of my good players, right? Mm-hmm. And then I can bring up all of my young guys to get experience at, at this uh, higher than AAA level mm-hmm. playing against the other relegated teams. Yeah. Those guys gain experience. I make money from Steve Cohen pays for Jonathan India to come to the team or pays for Hunter Green to come to the team and pay $10 million to me. I made $10 million this season and I didn't pay his his money. I've now flip-flopped my assets. I now got experience from my young guys. I played in a more comparable level of baseball. And I, I've recouped all this. Then the loan ends. And my guys come back to me. And what have they gained? They've competed at the level that they've, they're now winning. You've been on a winner. So I send three guys out who go get experience of what winning is like. Then they come back together and they share that experience with my young guys who have time. And now I have a whole bunch of cash that I saved Mm -hmm. for one season. And I still made a whole bunch of money. And then I can load my team back up. You will stop being shitty for forever. 
it, it moves away from permanent shittiness. It gives you something to really compete for. Those 12 teams who out of the 40 are who are in relegation, there is a champion. That champion wins money, has its own playoff structure, its own American World's American Series, right? Like mm. you're not the World Series, it's the American Series, and it's for the relegated teams. You win that. You still make more money than you would have if you had been playing in the other league because now there's an entirely new playoff system. There's a new tournament structure. During the season, you can run a tournament that the two best teams, whoever is in the – we're going to run a tournament, these 12 teams, at the All-Star break. We're going to run this tournament. The two teams that win get to get put into the top 30, and you have a chance to make the postseason. Mm -hmm. But the back half of the season, you're playing a schedule against these other guys. You're not playing against the relegated teams anymore. And we're going to see if your team is good enough to compete. Oh, Come on. That sounds so much better. It does. Like, and, and we don't do it in America because why? Because we're stuck. Those owners don't want to make less money. Guys, I just found a way for you to make more money. The Indians last year, or who are now the Guardians, right? Mm -hmm. If the Guardians had just get, like let Shane Bieber go and pitch for a team who was like, you know what we really need this season? We need a starting pitcher to win a World Series, but there's nobody free agent. We get him on loan for one season. He comes over to our team. We win a championship. He goes back to this year. I mean, that's pretty much what teams reload. do with the ha at, at the trade deadline, right? They just but they whatever. trade him, and you lose him forever. Right. And right. instead of losing guys forever, it keeps guys in your organization. It gives a team a reason to sign a guy to a big deal. Yep. Right. I can sign whoever I want. I can sign Freddie Freeman if I'm the Braves. I can sign Freddie Freeman if we don't play well. I can loan him out, and now I don't have to pay 100 percent of the salary. He gets that money no matter what. But I might not be the one paying him for some of the seasons. Mm -hmm. How do I loan and how do I do all this stuff to get just better? And I, and I hope they let the the Nashville Stars come in, and I hope something like this happens. But it's probably a pipe dream, and it'll never happen. Probably super a pipe dream. But I do love from an economic standpoint that would be fantastic because you'd get you'd basically turn all the other team like when Matt Chapman went to the the Blue Jays like yep. That, that, that could have easily got the the, the A's a bunch of dollars yep. last season to, yep. to go and keep him or whatever. And then you didn't have to you didn't have to lose the player permanently. Right. You just have that player get on loan for a single year. Yep. So now you have like when his contract's up, now you don't get to loan him anymore. Mm -hmm. But he understands. Hey, I could go on loan at any time. Yep. It's part of the game now. And who but who cares? Look how successful it's made European soccer. Mm -hmm. And how many teams are there in soccer? So many more. Even in, uh, I I, th I was surprised to find out how many teams are in the MLS. Because I hadn't thought that the MLS had very many teams. And then I was looking it up, and I'm yeah, like. 28. There, yeah, there's 28 teams. Like, I didn't think there were that many no. MLS teams. Well, how many do you hear about? You hear about the two in New York because we live in New York. And the Galaxy and the Fire, maybe? Well, and then there, there, there's like the the Redwoods or whatever. There's the Seattle Sounders. Mm -hmm. There's DC United. Like, there's a fair amount of teams that you you probably do know. Mm -hmm. If you started to like name off the teams for a little bit, you'd be like, oh, you know, well, they, uh, who, Kansas City FC, I think, is a team. Atlanta is Atlanta FC. They sold out yeah. um, the Mercedes Benz Dome yep. for their first game. Yep. Oh, and um, who, uh, whatever team they just put in Charlotte, I think, uh, sold out their football stadium too. Yeah, there's Charlotte FC, Chicago okay. Fire, FC Cincinnati, mm -hmm. D, uh, Columbus Crew, Inter Miami, who I did not know, uh, CF Montreal did not know, 
New England Revolution, I knew. Mm -hmm. New York City FC, I knew. Red Bulls, I knew. Philadelphia Union, I knew. Toronto FC, I did not know. Austin FC, I did not know. Colorado Rapids, I knew. FC Dallas, I knew. Houston Dynamo, I knew. Sporting Kansas City, I knew. LA Galaxy, and then there's Los Angeles FC. Mm -hmm. I didn't know Los Angeles FC. Um, Portland Timbers, that was the one I was saying. Real Salt Lake, I knew. Vancouver Whitecaps, like... I, I did future teams, St. Louis City, SC, is starting up. There was the Tampa Bay Mutiny, the Miami Fusion, and Chivas USA. Like, there's a whole... It's blowing like, up. They're gonna, they gotta, oh, that's actually what they do. They, aren't they uh, taking, like, European players on loan? Yes. Type thing? Like, yeah. Well, they also... Well, they, they had signed, some guys. They had Zlatan come guys. in. So, actually, now the bigger thing that's happening is actually the reverse the MLS is now doing loans to European soccer. Even better. Because the players in America have gotten better mm-hmm. at scale, and more guys are going internationally and playing than we've ever had. Right. Well, yeah, for, for most of the what, last five years, it was Christian Pulisic, and that's it. Yep. And now I think there's – well, Dempsey was the guy who really started it. Mm-hmm. Um, Dempsey from Team USA years ago, he was the only guy playing, and he was playing for, I think, Fulham or somebody. And he was successful mm-hmm. at that scale. Now we have very many guys who are there. Yep. Almost all of our national team does not play in the United States. Which Good. is great. That's awesome. Because they need it. But this again, circling this all back around. This is where this is why I think that they need mm-hmm. it. Because if they can do it, changes baseball. Sure would. And, and for for the better by by a, a wide effing margin. Absolutely. Well, Bill, you just brought the heat and now we're gonna find out who's hot in baseball. Dennis Dietz, who's hot? Tell us. Transitions are uh, just kind. Of <laughs> yeah, that that kind of threw me off. I was like, "Damn, this this guy." <laughs> Damn. Uh, so the NL West just as a whole to start the season is just wild. Dodgers nine and three, Rockies eight and four, Giants eight and four, Padres nine and five. Obviously, the Diamondbacks have been struggling, um, but the West as a whole is just incredible to start this year. Mm-hmm. I know we talked about the AL East and the uh, NL East being two of the better divisions, but the West just continues to uh, rule all. I'd say in the NL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, the, the NL West, I mean, obviously we talked about it preseason. We knew the Dodgers were going to be good. We thought the, the Giants were going to have a solid crew, and they do. Um, the Padres, I think, was a little bit of a question mark, but, you know, they, they started off pretty well. The Rockies, obviously super interesting. Um, sustainable or not? Can't be. Can't be. Uh, I'm going to rock with that train also. I, I don't think I don't think the Rockies hold on to this. I think great start, cool. I would actually love for them to at least be in sort of a good position by the trade deadline and maybe miraculously they make some moves and actually try and go win the division or at least make the wild card, something to that effect. Um, obviously, the wild card's expanded this year, so you know maybe they have a chance at it. Uh, but interesting to watch. Uh, Dietz, NL Central. Uh, Nolan Arenado, five home runs, 14 RBIs. He's uh, batting 368, OPS of 1337 to start the year. I mentioned him last week. He's just a guy that I feel everyone kind of forgot about, and he's putting together a pretty solid start to the season, I'd say, an MVP kind of thing. Mm-hmm. However, if you go to Chicago, that little uh, Cubs and Cardinals rivalry, say mm-hmm. Suzuki, he might not just win the Rookie of the Year this year. He might be an MVP uh, finalist if he continues what he's doing. Four home runs, 11 RBIs, uh, 387 batting average, 14.04 OPS. And that, and that to me is like – so Suzuki to me has also proven something that I think is very, 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 very important for teams to start to recognize. Mm-hmm. Ten years ago, even fifteen years ago, even 
the ability to convert a player from that league to the U.S. was much hard, harder. And the player who was the the pivot point was Kaz Matsui on the Mets. <laughs> and why Kaz Matsui was the pivot was he was a bigger name in Japan than anybody. He was everything to that league. He he was a better hitter, player, everything. He was going to be a, a mega star when he came over. And he came over and he was just okay. And that was hard for a lot of people to try to figure out cuz like what do we do? How do we how do we represent this? What's this going to be like? With him coming over and being so good, we all knew he was good. Right? Like every mm-hmm. number that you you saw for Suzuki was that he could bang. Yep. But you couldn't you had this whole like this is like European basketball players, right? There were two different versions of European basketball players. All-star Dirk Nowitzki's or Darko Milicic's. Like you 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 had a guy who was either going to be a complete rock star or you overdrafted this guy in the first round and he's going to be terrible. Mm-hmm. Now you know who you're getting when the guys come over. It's rare that a European player is like a kind of complete waste. He might not fit a style. He might... Suzuki has made it like if a guy can play there, he can play here. Yeah. And and that change, I feel like is going to be this goes back to us, you know, before uh talking about uh, Roki is they're going to be able to play. If you can do it there, you can do it here. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think we've seen that in the last decade or so. We've got Otani, Tanaka, um, Suzuki. Uh, who's the guy on the on the Blue Jays now? Um, who he was on the Mariners? Good lefty pitcher. Uh, so they had like four or five guys coming in in the last decade or so that have been like solid players, but and almost always pitchers. Yes, right? major, yes, majority pitchers, absolutely. Suzuki coming in and being a hitter and knowing Otani is also a hitter has changed the dynamic. Yep. Because you used to worry. You used to be like, mm, are they going to be able to hit, right? Because they're used to being in a league where not everybody is MLB quality. You say Kikuchi, that's who I'm thinking of. And now... And Hyunjin Ryu, obviously. And now you're seeing, like, hey, these guys actually can hit mm-hmm. because the analytics and the computers and data, like, you can see if a guy can actually play. Right. So I'm, I'm super happy to see he's been so good. Yeah. But do you do we think that's sustainable? Or do we think it's uh, it's kind of – is he going to be this good? Probably not a 1,400 OPS. No. But do we think he's a 1,000 OPS guy? I could see him cooling off into the 8 to 9s. I don't know if he gets to 1,000, but I – the way like he's his at bats have been and just kind of the the quality of everything no one's figured him out yet for the most part like he, he's just been really competitive with everything so i could see him i could see a world where he has a, a phenomenal season he's been a thousand ops guy pretty much every year since 2016 mm-hmm. so like and i know it's in, in in a different league but he's been a thousand ops guy consistently for a number of years now in japan in, in japan so, like, the fact that he's around, he's showing he can do it here, listen, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, he, he might be that guy. I'm now pulling for him. Okay. Like, I, I want to see it happen. Yeah, I, I was super curious when when uh, when we were discussing our, our Rookie of the Years and stuff. I know a lot of people had picked him over Hunter yep. Green. Uh, so, they're both off to hot starts, obviously. So, we'll see how, how everyone um, holds on to everything. 
Dennis, real quick, I know we, we, we kind of went away from the NL West for a second. Cody Bellinger. Yeah, I'm happy to see like he doesn't completely suck this year. Um, Woo! 279 batting <laughs> average, 889 OPS. Like there was a lot of worries because he struggled for what the last two seasons. Yeah, and really. He was an MVP caliber guy. Now he's starting to look a little bit more confident at the plate. Obviously, playing in LA, it's a a, a big spotlight on that team as a whole. Yep. And he was supposed to be the face, uh, but now it seems like the pressure's off him a little bit, and he's doing well. Um, yeah, no, so that's good. I think we look back, and if, if he was even in 2020, he was a 789 OPS guy, and that was disappointing mm-hmm. coming off of an all-star 1,000 OPS season. Like, we look at a lot of that stuff, and it was like, man, he batted, he batted 239 in 2020. His power was still there, but his batting average wasn't. Uh, I don't think he ever was a 305 batting average guy. I think that was what threw everybody for the loop mm-hmm. was to see such a spread. Well, that season he start, he like held on to a 400 batting average for ever a while, and then it <laughs> dipped right. And yes, then, and think how bad he actually hit to go from 400 to 300, mm-hmm. right? So like when you look at it and you say even this season at 279, I don't know if that's him because his career he's a 258 batting average, and I think the 258 makes sense. Last year I don't know what was up, no idea what was happening to him. Something was wrong. This year, he just looks kind of like the player he is. Mm-hmm. I just don't think he's a super superstar. He's just going to be a really good player for you. Well, let me ask you this. Do you think Seth Beer is going to be a superstar? No. <laughs> uh, 438 batting average, 1,100 OPS in uh, this season so far. Last year, he played five games for the Diamondbacks, 444 hitter with a 1389. <clears throat> Excuse me. He's just uh, looking like he's off to a good start for his career and just something to keep an eye on. Listen, I think Seth Beer will be a fine player. Mm-hmm. This this is my other side of it. The dude's 25 already, right? Mm-hmm. He is his advanced self. I don't think we're going to see progression on stuff, and I just don't think we have enough information just yet to make a full de- declaration on who the guy's going to be. Um, he's only got 35 plate appearances for the season so far. Uh, so, like, let's wait and see. I think he can hit. Right? I think he's a, a professional hitter. Mm-hmm. Is he an all-star? I don't know. We'll see. But I'll let you uh, handle the two Mets. Oh, you just skipped right over them, too. That's yes, why you made did. that transition. I, again, I just saw that the hot list, we weren't including people, and I know that it's because you're a Yankees fan now. Um, I, I have a Yankee. I have two Yankees on the cold list and no Yankees on the hot list. That's so. because there are no Yankees that should be on the hot list. Um, I'm surprised that, that Castellanos didn't make it on the hot list, guys. Well, what happened? And he's been good. He, he's been not as good as Brandon Nimble, but he's been good. Um, so, uh, Francisco Lindor, after a terrible start to last season, is currently rocking a 957 OPS. That's after an 0 for 5 last night. Yep. Coming into that game, he was sitting around a 1,200-plus OPS and had been bat- his batting average was up around 290. Uh, Lindor has been great. Uh Lindor has been magical and it's why the Mets have been so good. But on the flip side, this is the this is the Brandon Nimmo watch that I'd like to participate in. Nimmo currently sitting at a 1,045 OPS. Uh, and for the season, the player who I always say is his comp uh, is a young gentleman who plays in Philadelphia named Bryson Harper. Uh, he Bryce Harper has a 730 OPS. And is batting 220, and Nimmo's got 1,045. What say ye? Bryce Harper's not a young man anymore. 
He's the uh, same age. He's the same age as, as Brandon Immo. They're they're eighty seven. For who? Say Suzuki. No, no, no. What say ye? Oh, oh, oh. what say you? I, I want. Gotcha. I want. I want. I want. I want to give back. What, what's up, Brandon Nimmo? What, what do we think of him as a player? It, he's his floor just feels very safe. Like you know what to expect from him week in, week out. But I just feel like that ceiling with him isn't as high as some of the more explosive guys. Nimmo's the type of guy that like you want in your lineup all the time to compliment guys like Lindor, Alonzo, people like that that are going to be your mashers for the most part. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Harper is more of the Pete, if you want to call it that, for uh, the Phillies. And I have always been with that I think that Bryce Harper can flash this superstar level ability. Mm-hmm. My thing is, it's one out of every three seasons. And his floor is lower than Nimmo's floor. I will not see Nimmo fall off the freaking map like you have seen Bryce Harper fall off the map. And Bryce Harper also has played on better teams historically in his career than Brandon Nimmo has. Bryce Harper was on a team that was in the World Series. He had studs all around him. He left that to go to one of the smaller ballparks in the league, and he was surrounded by guys who were protecting him in the lineup to hit. And my point has always been he's been so up and down. Now, his peak stuff is crazy high peak. I don't see a world where Nimmo is going to be a guy with an 1,100-plus OPS who hits 35 home or hits 40-plus home runs. However, I think that when we, we look at the two players, their comps of each other are so much closer than people want to believe. For their careers... 391 on base percentage for Bryce Harper. Brandon Nimmo, 394. It is the the home run hitting ability that separates those two guys. Fielding wise, I do not think that there's much of a difference. I think Bryce Harper has a better arm. I think Brandon Nimmo has better range. That's I will wash that because Nimmo will get to balls that Harper never will. Harper will throw guys out at third that Nimmo never will. And, and that's my thing. Like, you're going to pay Bryce Harper X. What are you paying Nimmo? And when I look at it, he's got a hit. What, what's Nimmo's career OPS? 842. That's about 60 points lower than Harper. Yep. Right? It's about 60 points. I get it. He's got more power. So so on the OPS for a second, because I was yeah. thinking about it as you're kind of going through their, their back and forth. Um, obviously, if we're talking about Harper from a peak standpoint, his is higher than Nimmo. I think we can all agree yep. on that. If you separate his two MVP seasons from Nimmo's, OPS-wise, they're roughly the same player. Identically. So, granted, you get Harper with the intention that maybe in a couple of years he'll have another MVP season, help you win a World Series. Yep. Maybe. But what are you actually look at, looking to get out of whatever player do you want? Do you want this super consistent guy who's going to give you an 850 OPS and bat roughly 270 to 300? Or... Do you want this guy who's going to bat what's Harper's 280 uh, as a career batting average? But that's because he has a couple of outlier seasons. The rest of the time, he's more of a 260 guy. And that's and that's my point. They're they're about 10 points of batting average difference, mm-hmm. and most of that is in the two seasons that the two or three seasons that you're talking about. Right, right. Where he batted 330, 319, and 309. 
And in those three seasons, those are his 1,000 OPS years. Correct. And then the rest of the time, he's probably averages out to a 250, if I had to guess. I'm not running the numbers well, right now. I, but Even looking at it, 268, 260, 249, 243, 273, 274, 270. So roughly, if we're going to do it, he's about a 260 batting average, mm -hmm. which is the same batting average as Nimmo. Yeah. Like, 260, you're, you're in the exact – and that's all my point has ever been is that when you actually look at those guys – and the real comp for me, the genuine comp has always been that it was Conforto mm -hmm. and Bryce Harper were very similar. I have, a, I have a, a fun fact about Conforto when you're done. And because I think Conforto had the home run power mm -hmm. to, to match somebody like Harper. Yep. Um, but Nimmo has become that player – after earlier in his career not being able to really get on base at the same level first couple years, he now four out of his last five years are going to be over a 400 on base percentage. If you combine Brandon Nimmo's batting average consistency with Conforto's power, you get Bryce Harper. You get you get better than Bryce Harper. Better than Bryce Harper right. in all reality. But right. in the scheme of what people think of him as, yes. that is what he is. And that's all I, that's th this is why I get on this run is just because – it's wildly overreported how good. And you got to remember, Nimmo's first season in the league is playing into some of his career OPS numbers, mm -hmm. where he had a 666 OPS in his rookie year. Right. In so only like, 30 games. If, if, if you, but if you throw those numbers out, if you get rid of that season, mm -hmm. his worst year is the 783, which is right in line with the worst year of Harper. And that's it. That's all I, that's all I want to be reported. That's all okay. I want to be reported. For the haters in the in the in the in the Blue Jays hats who are Yankee fans, mm. <clears throat> at Dennis Dietz. Uh, anything else we want to uh, talk about with the players that are hot right now? No, we just okay. want to get right into players who are cold. And well, life comes at you fast here. So we're just gonna we're just gonna do the trash Dennis uh, segment, I guess, on this one. So Stephen Kwan, since uh, I mentioned him on the pod, he has one hit in his last twelve at bats. So uh, curse of me. Um, Dylan Carlson, I picked him as a breakout candidate for the season. He started the season uh, with a 158 batting uh, average. Don't, don't skip over the guy you just have on this there's, list. There's a reason, Bill. Uh -huh. um, he's won for 24 in his last five games. The reason I skipped this guy is so you can lump the two Yankees together. Uh, which one do you want to start with? Let's start off with the first guy and then, then the second guy. Joey Gallo, uh, 15 strikeouts in 33 at-bats this season. Uh, I would say that is uh, not good. Uh, it's not what you call ideal. Especially as a lefty power hitter and uh, having a 378 OPS in Yankee Stadium. Not great. Mm -mm. Not what you want. And then Garrett Cole. Wow. So remember when like I was talking about Berrios? And nobody wanted to just tell me that, I, like, hey, this is this would be a good move? And we got to that point. Could you imagine, like, what it'd be like to instead sign for $150 million the exact same player? Because they both suck right now. Yeah. Like, they both suck right now. But one guy's getting $110 million, and one guy is owed $110 million a season. <laughs> Garrett Cole is maybe the biggest cheater in the history of the world. Well, I sent I sent you guys that meme the other day, and it was just him holding a can of spider have, have tack. You have you friend? seen my friend? Very, very poignant. So we talked about before Garrett Cole got signed by the Yankees, right? And we said, if you look back at his ERA before he came to Houston, 
you see a guy who is about a high three ERA pitcher. A high three. Then he goes to Houston where he learns to cheat. And you see 288 and 25. He then goes to the Yankees in 2020 and he's cheating. And he has a 284. He then cheats for half the season. Half the season in 2021. Right? And then they institute that they're going to take away the ability for him to use spider tack. And when you go and you split him up, first half, second half, right? His pitching numbers. He has become a way worse player. His batting average is worse. His his ERA in the second half last year was a 4-1-4 in 12 starts. His ERA in the first half was a 2-6-8. He is the 4-1-4 is like the exact same kind of year he had his last year in Pittsburgh. Now, do I think Garrett Cole is a 6 ERA guy? No. Well, do I think Garrett Cole might figure it out again? Yeah. But do I think Garrett Cole is one of the top five pitchers in the league? No. Do I think he's one of the top ten pitchers in the league? Ooh, that's hard. That's hard. That's really hard. Nesta if you told Cortez me, hey, is, is he in the top half of, of pitchers in the league? Like, top top 16 guys? But what, like what does aces? that mean? Meaning what? Like, is Jacob deGrom in the top ten pitchers? Obviously, yes. for lots of reasons. Uh, statistically speaking, and talent-wise, like you know Garrett Cole is a good pitcher, has in the past been able to do things cheating or not. No. So currently now, based on his numbers and his talent level, you do not think he's top 10 pitcher? No. Okay. That's all I was saying. My, and, and, that's my, and that's my thing. Like Based off of who he actually looks like when he's not cheating, yep. I would tell you that if you told me he's an ace, quote-unquote, of a staff, that just means to me that he's a number one starter for one of the 30 teams. If you're asking me that question, yes. Mm-hmm. But if you're asking me, do I think he's one of the top 15 pitchers in the game? I don't think so. If you're telling me, is he one of the top 20? I think that's where we start having the conversation. Now, that would have been blasphemy a year ago. Mm-hmm. But there's a monster drop-off. A monster drop-off for Garrett Cole in since, since you took away his ability to cheat. With spider attack. Like it's not close. What was his numbers last year in the playoffs? Right? Like th- that's 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 even a, a, a question for me is like what what was he rocking when he was pitching in the playoffs last year? Because I, I don't I don't know if he was a if he was a stud. He pitched two innings and gave up three runs. Guys, <laughs> how is Garrett Cole a top 20 pitcher? He's not giving a convincing argument. The, I, th- I think, too, and, 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 and this is uh, – I know I listen to, like, baseball talk radio, which I probably should because it's not that good. Um, <laughs> a lot of people are saying, like, yes, I'm sure, based on knowing, like, how competitive of a guy he is, that he's frustrated with how he's playing because we've seen that he at least has the capability to be great. Um, and often, oh, but my God, when, so, so when? hold on, listen, 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 listen. So at this point, it's like, yes, we understand you're struggling a little bit, but also as a 30 million a year guy, 
can't really can't happen to this extent. It just can't. Jacob, there's a reason Jacob Degrom and you are not the same player. It, it is very clear. But there was a conversation that he was, there was even in that there category. Was. And, and at this point now, we're starting to see him kind of get into a little bit more of the 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 average of where he is as a player. Now that some things have changed from a advantage perspective, and I, now it's like, okay, where are you really? And I and I got and I got stuff for you guys right now. Cool, bring it. Is bring Chris, all of it. Is Chris Bassett better than? Garrett Cole. <laughs> so can we? No, 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 no. Whole, answer the question. Say, all I'm gonna say. the question. I'm gonna say. Throw it out. Throw a perceived talent out the window. So I want to know. I want to know perceived talent. Is is Chris Bassett better than Garrett Cole? No. Okay. Last year, first half, a three two eight ERA for for Chris Bassett. Mm-hmm. Right. In about the same amount of starts as Garrett Cole. Yep. Garrett Cole in that time was about a 2-7. He was a 3-3, right? So about a half a run of difference. In the second half, right, in in not nearly as many starts, he had a 2-7-5 ERA in the second half, did Chris Bassett. Where when Garrett Cole in the first half, first, second half, his second half after you got rid of the cheating, he's a 4-1 ERA. This year does not look good. The playoffs did not look good. He is not better than Chris Bassett. He has not been since you took away cheating. You want to go back in time, and this is and this is my my point on Garrett Cole. Let's go back and let's look at him when he was uh Pitts, in Pittsburgh. And if I go back to when he was in Pittsburgh, the last time he was in Pittsburgh was 2017, and he had a 4.26 ERA, a 4.26 ERA. I said 2017, right? Mm-hmm. You did. So 2017, if I go first half, second half on him. First half, 443, second half, 406. Where is the lie? I mean, we were lied to. If we want to just pull up numbers, though. Go ahead. 2015, it's 2-6 ERA. He went 19 and 8 with the Pittsburgh Pirates. You know, like it's. There's going to be up and downs in the career, but it's just with the amount of money he's making. It makes it tougher to digest. Well, so what? What? What was that? What was his ERA then? In 2015. So you said 2015, right? Yeah, he has a 2.6 ERA when he went 19 and 8. Okay, so I'm I'm just even bringing up. So first half, second half of 2016, he had a 2.77 in the first half and a 5.48 in the second half, right? So that was 2016. So, yeah, he has these moments where he lights it up. But then all of a sudden, we also have this dramatic shift where he's a bad pitcher. And, so there's, that, and there is a um, a factor that came out as to why that is. And then all of a sudden, it happened. So you have to just assume there's a correlation. Now, the season that you're talking about, he had a 2-3 ERA in the first half. And then he had a 2-9-8 in the second half. And my thing is, is that we're having to go back. He still got worse. He's about a three ERA pitcher, but we're having to go back to the 2015 season to achieve that in 2022. So we're having to stretch ourselves to 2015, seven years ago, and we're having to say that that pitcher seven years ago to today. Guys, a blip seven years ago, he was good, and then he learned to cheat, and then since now, I think he's going to figure out how to pitch without cheating. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that we're going to see a guy who you we would look at and justifiably say top 20 pitcher ever again. And I think, too, looking at it from, like, 
like what his contract was, right? Like he got he got contract to be a top five pitcher in the game. Oh, he got a contract to be the best pitcher. Be the best pitcher in the game for sure. Uh, and the day he signed it, I laughed at Yankees fans and I said, "You guys will regret this signing upside down and sideways." And looking at someone who's not Jacob Degrom, right? Who's had a much longer career and warrants being paid that much money. Mm-hmm. Averaging roughly in their in their 15 year career a 3.15 ERA with let's see from 2015 to now has been a sub 3 ERA. Who am I talking about? Noah Syndergaard. Wrong. Max Scherzer. Okay. So and that is why he's getting paid 35 million dollars a year. That's that's who you're paying for. That's that's the guy that they thought Garrett Cole was is going to be whatever, and he's not that guy. He's a three five ERA, right? What was it? What was his ERA at the end of last year? For the whole season. Whole season. I think he finished I think it was three three. Three three. Yeah, somewhere around there. Three two three. You're not paying thirty million dollars for that. Well, so again, are you? I guess if you really want it that bad. Because <laughs> so the player that I have said repeatedly that I think Garrett Cole most comps to is Noah Syndergaard, mm-hmm. and Noah Syndergaard since 2015 is a 3.29 ERA. That includes the 2019 season where he was injured, right? And that includes a, a single two starts at the end of last year for the Mets, where he had a nine ERA. He is a 3.29 for his career since 2015. He is making $20 million. And Garrett Cole is making 30. And he is a worst pitcher historically through his career than Noah ever was. You look at Noah's years, rookie year, 3-2-4. Next year, 2-6. Next year, 2-9-7. Next year, 3.03. Then he gets hurt with a 4-2-8. Then he's out for all of 2020 with the UCL tear. Now this year, 1-5-9. He's not better than Noah. He's not better than Chris Bassett. He's not better than Scherzer. He's not better than DeGrom. I can now go down the line very quickly. Not better than Shane Bieber. Not better than Clayton Kershaw. Not better than Walker Bueller. I can very fast Take push Garrett Cole 10, yeah. out of the top 15. Yeah. Very tw- Top 20 is even where I can start to have some debate with people. Mm-hmm. Ooh, it's borderline that he's top 30 pitcher. And that is That's what cool. has killed the Yankees. Yeah, it's unfortunate. That is what's going to crush them. And, and to Dennis's point, too, like can't get rid of that contract never that's the the most untradeable contract in all of baseball is Garrett Cole yep and you know what's funny too and is every Yankee fan wanted it every any Yankee oh, fan I who saw, says they didn't please you are liars the, you were like we need pitching you always get hitting go out you have to get Garrett Cole he's the best pitcher in baseball he's even better than DeGrom and then they signed him like what's up Mets fans we have the best pitcher you like the word vomit that came out of their mouths mm-hmm. that just now looks like idiocy to like the nth degree, yeah. almost untradeable contract, probably ever. It's a worse contract looking right now today mm-hmm. than what's his name, the outfielder, Jacoby Ellsbury. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is a worse contract because you have to actually play him. Sure. Like, Jacoby Ellsbury was like, I'm hurt. I'm never going to play. Mm-hmm. Yankees fans were like, cool, just stay away. Yeah. Garrett Cole had to pitch. You had to watch him melting down. He was melting down against a bad team the other night. And then the bullpen came in and all the bleeding stopped. It was literally every problem that the Yankees had was him being on the mound. Mm -hmm. He was unpitchable. So safe to say that we were right that Severino would be the ace eventually. Oh, (laughs) oh, and and the downside of that is Severino is a middling pitcher because you're going to have the tale of two halves. 
you'll have dominance for a hot window. Mm-hmm. Then he's going to just completely like, like Taiwan Walker and Severino are the same guy. Yeah. Because you can have absolute dominance and absolute atrocity into in a bunch of starts that touch each other. Mm-hmm. You will not have necessarily the consistency of stuff. But you don't worry about it because you pay those guys $10 million a year to be erratic. They're both better right now. Both better right now than Garrett Cole. That's one of the worst starts I've ever seen. Tell me a worse one. I can't uh, tell Dallas Keuchel's yesterday. What was Dar- Dallas Keuchel's? Uh, 10 hits, 10 runs, and uh, one inning pitched. Wow. That is worse. Uh, he also had four errors during that one inning. Who are they so, playing? So that's not, that actually might not Against be Against what him. team? Uh, was it, it was the Guardians. Oh, yeah. Well, that's really nasty. That actually, that actually might not, that, that might not. Four, take... er, four errors definitely hurts. Yeah, but if you also give up 10 hits, but, like. Sure, but uh, how many earned runs? I'll look it up. So my thing is, is that it's not that he was hittable. Garrett Cole couldn't find the plate. Yeah, no, he had what four walks? Five, Five walks, walks in one point two. Yep, it's not ideal. And his fastball velo is down. He just looked terrible. He just looked super off. An atrocity. Yeah. And you look at his FIP. You look at his FIP for the season. It is what his ERA is. Uh, it was eight earned runs. Yeah. Ouch. And he's let up. Garrett Cole has let up eight runs. In 11 innings. And he's let up 16, 16 men get on base in 11 innings pitched. So if you're a Houston Astros pitcher and you go elsewhere, it's just going to be a bad time. Going to be – well, as soon as you exit the cheating, like the world yeah. changes for you. Oh, my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Uh, last player I wanted to mention, uh, Salvador Perez. He's not catching right now, and he's batting 188 to start the year. He's got a blurred vision in his left eye, which leads me to the question: Why wouldn't you just kind of like sit him until that gets figured out? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't understand that. It's a bit odd. Hurt my fantasy team a little bit, but it's okay. Cool. That's been tough. Next on our list of things, tomorrow is Friday, and on Fridays we have a special event. It's the main Friday parlay with our good friend Boba Fett, Dennis. Boba Betts. Uh, so. Tomorrow, I'm going with four games. It's going to end up being uh, plus 924 as of right now on DraftKings. You have Cubs money line, Rockies money line, Dodgers money line, and St. Louis Cardinals at the run line of minus one and a half. Um, yeah. So How much money are you putting on that, Dennis? I put 20 down. I mean, Boba. I, I'm sorry. I still put 20 down. Robert. Excellent. Robert Fettuccini. Dennis, I'm going to take that bet because I, I want to – I want to be in on the, on, on the whole segment here, so I'm going to put money on it. Um, and we'll come back next week and talk about if we're millionaires or just made 50 bucks. So I mean, Otani <laughs> won me some money yesterday. So yes, he did. Love that. Paid for dinner for today. Yes, very much Love so. That. Shout out to Shoei Otani. Saving us every time. Excellent. Well, I think we dabbled in the Mets a, a, a reasonable amount oh, yeah. this week. Oh, yeah. Now, you can't sit here and call us a Mets podcast beyond the obvious – Bias when it comes to Brandon Nimmo. I mean, we also didn't talk about how they're the best team in the league right now. Yes, like, we moved when, when I when, and I was saying this to Dennis when I chose the Phillies to win the division, I did not anticipate the Mets having the greatest team ever assembled. It just didn't come to mind. Even though you chose that the <laughs> best hitter, best pitchers, and the World Series, best home run hitter, but it's fine. It's everything fine. Everything you picked, best. Was I assumed on that they team. would be late bloomers. I was wrong. We're going to go win 125 games probably. Oh <laughs> 
And guys, that is called the hyperbole. We will see you next time on the Grounds Crew podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Later, guys. Baseball lifestyle. It's my lifestyle. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the Grounds Crew, a podcast covering all things baseball. We're brought to you by Baseball Lifestyle.